Will the Mets and Yankees continue their 2022 surge with an eye on October baseball? Will the New York Rangers try to capitalize and get a victory in Game 4 of their series in the postseason against the Carolina Hurricanes to even the series at two games apiece? We discuss all of that on the Sports Buzz. Passionate sports talk for the hardcore fan coming your way right after this. And there you have it, sports junkies. How is everyone doing? Welcome to this pre-debut episode of the Sports Buzz, passionate sports talk for the hardcore fan as I come to the microphone eager to chat with you about what's happening in the world of sports as we get close to the Memorial Day holiday this coming weekend. The start of summer is quickly approaching as everybody will get their vacation plans in order. Flock to the beaches and the cool ocean water or just simply have a barbecue and enjoy their swimming pool in their backyard as we get ready for the summer months. And that means we get ready for the MLB season to really kick it up a gear as teams start positioning themselves for postseason pennant races. And if you're in the New York metro area, you have a lot to be excited about. Whether you follow the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees, or you follow the Amazons, the New York Mets, you've had a lot to feel excited about concerning these two baseball teams and the start of this 2022 baseball season as both teams are playing well they're playing fundamentally sound they're giving the fans a spectacle every time they take to the diamond and most of all you're enjoying what you've witnessed in the Bronx as a Yankee fan or in Flushing Queens as a Met fan And with the Mets, you felt like you were going to have some progress when they decided to go out there and hire Buck Showalter. You felt like the tide was going to turn. You felt like the team was going to buy in to a winning culture and buy into playing the game right, playing fundamentally sound, and having guys that aren't key contributors on a regular basis step up and fill the void when pitchers like Jacob DeGrom go down or pitchers like Max Scherzer get injured, the likes of Peterson, the greatness that we've seen out of McGill, the starting pitching that stepped up and has done well throughout the course of the early part of this season, the offense that finds ways to win games. The six-run rally in the top of the ninth down 7-1 to against the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park to rally back and win that game the way they did a few weeks ago are key contributing factors to a successful season and a journey to a postseason where you can finally get over that hump. The use of five pitchers and a no-hitter against the Phillies at home at City Field 
back on April 29th, a Friday evening, and a 3-0 victory. Friday night seemed to be key nights for the New York Mets because back in 2012 on June 1st, the Mets played the St. Louis Cardinals at City Field. And the great Johan Santana, the left-handed pitcher that we all followed regularly and that we all cherished, was able to go out there and throw the first ever no-hitter. The first time in 50 years and 8,019 games, the Mets finally got their first no-hitter back on June 1st, 2012. And it took a lefty in Johan Santana and 134 pitches to make history on a Friday night in June at City Field in Queens. Those type of moments are what propels you to get to that final stage of being a contender, of being a legit force in the game. And if you're a Met fan, you have a lot to hold your head up high about. You have a veteran manager with over 20 years' experience in Buck Showalter. You've had great pitching. The bullpen has done its job. Diaz has gotten the job done in safe situations this season thus far. You've had contributions from all nine guys in the lineup, whether it's Nemo, whether it's McNeil, whether it's Marte, whether it's Escobar, McCann, Alonzo with the power of the bat, Lindor, and not only the plate discipline that he has, but the speed on the base pads that he provides, the agility and athleticism that he brings, the addition that Marte's been to this team, the extra base hits, the fundamentally sound play on the field, the pitching that's been great, Everything has gelled nicely for this Met team, and everything has gone according to plan thus far in the early part of the 2022 baseball season. So if you're a Met fan, you feel confident about where you're at, you know there's over 100 games still to play, you know that anything can happen, but so far they've stood the test of time. They beat the Giants last night 13-3 on the West Coast. They've never fared well on the West Coast. They've had a horrible record on the West Coast. They put up 13 runs against a tough, gritty San Francisco Giant team. And Peterson, with a 2.16 earn run average, went out there and got the job done and got his second win of the season. So the Mets go to 14 games over 500 at 29 and 15. And the one thing you know for sure is they can win without the Grom. They more than likely can find a void for Max Scherzer, who's out right now with an injury. And they find ways to win with the talent pool they currently have there. 
putting on the uniform every day and getting ready to take the diamond and play some baseball. You never had that confidence as a Met fan years past. You never felt like they were ultimately going to seal the deal in key situations to win games. What told me that this team philosophy has changed, what told me that this team is embarking on a new chapter and a new journey is the way they've come from behind in games late to win games, but the fundamental style of play on the field has been the biggest contributing factor to their early success this season. And if they can continue to play as clean as they've played, then I think a majority of this deprived, angry, starved fan base that has been wanting success for an extremely long time that was on the precipice of a championship in 2015 till the Royals spoiled our party in that World Series Game 5 victory against Matt Harvey or 2000 when the Yankees celebrated at Shea Stadium with Joe Torres in a Subway Series World Series a series that was one-sided, all about the Yankees. The pain as a Met fan of watching that, then watching the Royals in 2015. The Beltron strikeout in 2006 against the Cardinals, Game 7 of the NLCS. All of those hardships, all of those moments that you want to quickly erase, can all be swept away and put aside with a magical 2022 season with an eye on October baseball and a championship to seal the deal with a ticker-take parade down the Canyon of Heroes. It's a different mindset, it's a different team, and it's a different feel if you're a fan watching this team on a regular basis. And I think we're all going to be very jubilated and very excited when the Mets make the postseason. And we're also going to be excited to see how the Yankees continue their threat towards serious October baseball. And we know the Yankees, we know the championships, we know all the greatness, we know how Steinbrenner really put the team on the map and made them baseball's elite for decades and decades. But the Yankees haven't been to a World Series since 2009. The Yankees haven't had a ton of postseason excitement. And the Yankees haven't been able to finish being baseball's elite with 27 World Series titles and 40 American League pennants. They'd like 41 pennants and 28 rings. And they'll try to embark on that in 2022, as a lot of sports prognosticators in the New York metro area 
a lot of critics, a lot of baseball fanatics, and a lot of New York fans have all bantied about a possible 2022 Subway World Series. As a Met fan, I don't know if I could rejoice in that. There's been too much hardship. There's been too many years where the Yankees have owned this city, where the Yankees have taken over the back pages of the newspapers, where the Yankees have pretty much been the big brother to the New York Mets and have dominated the entire New York metro area. As great of a storyline as Buck Showalter getting the Mets to a World Series going up against his former team that he managed in the New York Yankees and an arch nemesis that plays in the American League in the house that Homer's built at Yankee Stadium, as sweet of a storyline as that would be, do you know how hard it would be for a Met fan to relive failure, to relive disappointment of not getting a trophy because the Yankees stampeded on your parade? So as glorious as a Subway Series may sound and as great of a sports rivalry it would be, for the Met fan, you'll take a World Series appearance, but you'll take any other American League representative other than the New York Yankees to go up against. And with this Yankee team, it's really been on the back of Aaron Judge and what he's been able to do with the bat and the Giancarlo Stantons of the world and the LeMayus and the key guys who have contributed in so many different areas with this veteran lineup. And I was on this podcast a few weeks ago, Killing Boone, Killing the Yankees, telling you that I really didn't think that It was all gelling nicely for them this year. Telling you that I thought Aaron Boone's days were numbered as manager. Well, it's a long season. Teams always go on winning streaks. And then they fade a little bit. They lose a few games. And then they win a few more games. But with the Mets and Yankees this year, it's just a different feel. And I get the Yankees have some issues right now. Donaldson's been a big distraction with his antics against Anderson and what he said to him when the White Sox played there this past weekend at Yankee Stadium. And Tony La Russa, who's a Hall of Fame veteran big league manager who's a well-known old-school baseball pedigree went out there and used the race card against Donaldson, referring to Anderson with a Jackie Robinson statement, really fueled some flames for the media, for the critics, and for the Yankees. And the Yankees were quiet for several days until Donaldson finally got reprimanded by the league and got suspended for a game against an Orioles team that has played the Yankees feisty and gutsy so far this season. And Donaldson, he's had issues everywhere he went. Okay, he could hit for power. He could hit 
20 to 25 home runs a year. The Yankee fans scratched their heads a lot when you got rid of Urshela to bring him in because Urshela's had a great year so far with the Minnesota Twins. And boy, is he looking like the old Yankee that he once was in pinstripes. So the Donaldson fiasco could be a little bit of a burden for the team. You got three key injuries for the Yankees. You got Chapman. You got Chad Green with season-ending Tommy John surgery. He's been your best setup guy in the league for a very long time. He's been one of the most reliable setup guys in the sport for the last several years. So not having Chad Green at the back end of that bullpen can definitely hinder the Yankees long-term. The Chapman injury you can get by with because he's had a lot of ups and downs with the Yankees. And the Domingo Herman injury can also leave you a little worried. But if Clay Holmes can get the job done in safe situations, and if the bats can continue to hit, and if the starting pitching can give you a good six, seven quality innings, I think as a Yankee fan, you'll be in good shape to win the AL East. And Cole did not have a great performance last night. He didn't pitch well. The Orioles hit him like he was in the minor leagues still trying to find his sea legs. And every once in a while, you're going to get that from your star stud pitcher. You're not going to go out there and find your mechanics every fifth start. It just happens in a 162-game season. But both the Mets and Yankees definitely have been exciting. They've definitely been fun to talk about. And most of all, as we enter the summer months in the New York City area, we enter them knowing that we may see some light at the end of the tunnel for the New York Mets and that we may see both teams finally play in their respective leagues in the postseason with the chance to find themselves in the 2022 World Series. So continue to enjoy the Mets and Yankees and everything they've brought to the television set on the diamond so far this year. Because if you're an NBA fan, if you're a basketball fan, And if you're a sports fan who has entrenched yourself in the postseason for the National Basketball Association, you've woken up many mornings over the last several weeks wondering why you're even watching a lot of these games. And the NBA has a huge problem with trying to get the older generation drawn in to the competition on the hardwood. I'm 36 years old. I'm a huge sports fan. I have not been as intertwined on the NBA side because the juice isn't there. The excitement and entertainment factor isn't there. And outside of maybe two or three storylines for this postseason, 
it has been a dud for Adam Silver in that NBA commissioner's office and league office with what you've watched this year on the hardwood. Basketball's elite in the Lakers were not anywhere near being competitive out west in L.A. LeBron James wasn't in sync with Anthony Davis. The Nets in Brooklyn fell flat and didn't have the muster to be an elite that they sold themselves to be. Thanks a lot to Kyrie Irving and the distraction he was throughout the 2022 season. The Knicks were nowhere near as competitive as they should have been to try and get back to the postseason. The Sixers failed with Harden and Embiid not getting the job done. And the storyline has been Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics out of the East trying to get to the NBA Finals. And in the West, it's been all about the Golden State Warriors with a few headlines stolen by Lucas Doncic and what he's been able to do for the Dallas Mavericks in the postseason and the great coaching ability of Jason Kidd. But the Warriors have been too tough of a task for Dallas to solve. Curry's been tough to defend. And the Warriors are one game away from clinching and getting to the NBA Finals. And I get the Doncic story with Dallas has been a a great storyline. And I get that the Mavericks have been fun to watch. So the Warriors, since 2019, are one game away from going back to the NBA Finals, where Toronto beat them in six games. Boston-Golden State would be a fantastic final. Miami, they've been fun, but Miami doesn't make a lot of noise. Miami doesn't play well nationally for many NBA fans out there. Or shall I say for the younger generation who follows the NBA on a regular basis. So if you're a basketball fan and you're an NBA fan, you've been very disappointed by what you've witnessed over this postseason with blowouts every other night, games that are unwatchable, teams that don't look like they're in sync or mentally prepared to go out there and compete for 48 minutes. And it just has not been a great spectacle in 2022 with the NBA. And when the ratings come out and Adam Silver sitting in his office with his feet up trying to figure out what the issue is, get rid of a long 82-game season and make the postseason one and done. And maybe, maybe you'll be able to get some strength back 
and get some pop back into a sport that's faded fast since the Jordan Rodman Pippen Kukoc era. Because that was the NBA. Malone stocked in Hornacek Ostertag. Jerry Sloan as head coach for the Jazz. That was the National Basketball Association. Mike Dunleavy and the Portland Trailblazers. Chuck Daly with the Orlando Magic. Larry Brown and Allen Iverson with the few runs they had with the Philadelphia 76ers. Jeff Van Gundy, Allen Houston, Patrick Ewing, Ward, Childs, the Knicks, the Heat rivalry with Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley as head coach. That, my folks, was when you had some great competitive basketball to latch on to and enjoy. Now, it's a few big names that want to dominate the sport with not much entertainment value behind it. And that needs to be fixed in the NBA if you want the big sports junkies like me to go out there and pay attention to it on a regular basis. If you can't provide a compelling product, how do you expect me to sit there and enjoy myself by watching entertainment play on the hardwood. Do we have any hockey fans out there? Do we have any Ranger fans tuning in to the sports buzz? As the NHL postseason has had a ton of juice, and it's been really fun to watch as the New York Rangers get ready for Game 4 tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Rangers are down... Two games to one against the Hurricanes as they try to bounce back after they played an exciting first-round series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, a series that went five games, a series that found Pennerin winning the game for the Rangers on a power play in Game 5 to have the Rangers advance to take on the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes have been a tough task so far for the Rangers to deal with as they get ready for Game 4 tonight with Carolina leading two games to one. And then you have the Calgary Flames taking on the Edmonton Oilers. That game will be at 9.30. Edmonton leads that series two games to one. The St. Louis Blues will try and bounce back as they're down 3-1 to one against the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche right now a favorite to get to the Stanley Cup Final. They will play the winner of Edmonton and Calgary. So Tampa Bay against Colorado, I think, would be one of the more compelling NHL Stanley Cups that we've seen in a very long time. And that will make for great theater if the NHL gives you Colorado against Tampa Bay. I'm rooting for the Rangers. I'd love to see them win. But Carolina has just looked like the far superior team to me on ice over the last three games. And if the Rangers don't win tonight, they'll lose game five in Carolina. You can go to the bank on that. If the Rangers win tonight, 
you have a brand new series that I think then will maybe go seven games. So if you're a sports junkie, you enter the summer thrilled about your local Mets and Yankees baseball teams, you go to the television set tonight hoping that the Rangers can even up the series against the Hurricanes so the hockey season can stay alive one more day for all you NHL fans. And if you're an NBA fan, you hope that Lucas Doncic has one more gasp of air in him to take the hardwood tonight and try and beat Curry and the Warriors to survive another day in the NBA postseason. When all is said and done, I think the Warriors are going to play the Celtics in the NBA Finals, and I think your 2022 NHL Stanley Cup Final will be the Tampa Bay Lightning playing the Colorado Avalanche. That will wrap this pre-debut episode of the Sports Buzz up. I thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Sports Buzz Show, the number one at gmail.com. Sports Buzz Show, the number one at gmail.com. That's where I can be reached for any thoughts, feelings, and opinions on the podcast, on the show, anything you want to discuss. If you have a sports question for me, you can reach out to me via email and I will be sure to get back to you any way you feel we can enhance the podcast. I'm open to ideas. Feel free to shoot me a message. And quickly, before I turn the mic off, I want to also make it known that if you're a Met fan, you were very sad to hear yesterday about the passing of Joe Pignatano, nicknamed Piggy. He died yesterday morning at 92 years of age. He was one of the first catchers for the New York Mets and the last living coach of the 1969 world champion New York Mets. So rest in peace, Joe Pignatano, who was the last coach of the 69 Miracle Mets. Thank you all for listening. I will be back soon with another thought-provoking, hard-hitting sports talk podcast you won't find anywhere else passionate sports talk for the hardcore fan on the Sports Buzz. And as always, stay classy, New York. Adios. Until next time.